welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're going to be talking about ATA Season 1, Episode 4, where some weird family dynamics go down and we go to Nemrut, which is cool. Apart from that, I don't know. This episode, I don't know. I'm glad Granny is out of the picture. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Yeah, a lot of questions. Yeah. I'm not drinking any tea, but I did have a Mexican hot chocolate like an hour ago, and it was so good. Wow. I'm jealous. Yeah. They sell powdered Mexican hot chocolate here in New Mexico, which is awesome. Any I'm not tea? drinking anything. Nope, I'm not. I'm, I'm uh, currently changing positions on the floor of my room to accommodate my dog's whining to and again it. <laughs> listeners if you would like to not hear vanilla's whining then maybe you should <laughs> contribute to the podcast so we can get better microphone equipment just a thought just a suggestion <laughs> any tea for you sophia Okay. I do not have any tea. No, I sadly have forgotten to get tea on my last grocery trip. So, yeah, I am tea-less. Aww. All right. Well, now that we're all not drinking tea, we're perfectly ready to start with Sophia taking us through what happened in this episode. Okay, so um, this episode, we left off last episode, I guess I should say, with Atiye refusing to attend her own wedding, um, which we will see the aftermath of. But we start the episode with, like, it seems just like a normal family in their house and, like, just chilling. Um, and there's the mom and there's the daughter. And so these armed men walk into the house with these, um, I don't know what you call them, and oh, a ski mask is what you call them um and basically like the mother says something but they like kill everyone and there's blood everywhere somehow like if there was like a shower of blood which (laughs) horrifying Um, there was a lot of blood unnecessary and very fake looking blood sorry (laughs) not sorry um Anyway, so then we see that this was some sort of flashback that Atiyah's mom had. So now we're starting to understand why she's the way she is. And so there's a bunch of people congregated at this house, which I assume is Serdar's house, um, in the aftermath of the wedding. So we see um, Jansu, who's all of a sudden sober, kind of like running around and trying to find Atiyah. And they're having this whole conversation about what they're going to do to find her. And they're looking at the surveillance videos. Um, Ozan like shows them to um, Atiyah's mother, whose name is Seda. Serap. Yeah, because I keep thinking it reminds me of the word for wine in Turkish. <laughs> but anyway, so they're having this whole discussion with Serdar about how to find her. And Atiyah's father is very insistent that they should you know, call the police and do all of these things. And apparently he used to be a police officer himself. So he thinks this is the best way to go. But our friend Serdar, as we know, is extremely concerned about privacy and the press. Excuse so he me. He's not, not, he's not our friend. 
Sophia calls everyone her friend. Exactly. Except for the writer and Fatwa. Yeah. It's, it's always sarcastic. It's like yeah. not always sarcastic. Sometimes there's like actual good characters. That, you called Adhan our friend all last episode. Just want to put that <laughs> out there. <laughs> everyone is our friend. I'm a very friendly person. Except for, yeah, the writer you want to murder. Murder. You want to have murdered. <laughs> but I'm sure I called him our friend also. Oh, you Probably. definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't realized that I did that so much, but I, I oh, guess I'm our, not going to stop. Our now. friend Sophie is like really friendly. <laughs> um, okay, so this character, whatever, said that since like he can't be our friend, um, is well, he's very concerned about privacy. We don't know what he does in this universe. I guess he's like a very important business owner or like a very wealthy man, whatever. Um. And so he's like, no, we're not going to call the police. Um, we'll just keep it on the DL and I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to find her somehow. And the dad is like very flustered about it. He clearly wants to find Atiye and is very concerned. Like even Jansu, I think, mentions it further on in the episode that he's kind of really out of himself. He's not being himself. He's He's gone into some sort of anxious state, whatever. I don't know. So then we turn to um, Erhan, Atiye, and Zuhair. They're on the drive to, we find out, Nemrut, because there's something apparently at Nemrut that's important for them to see. So basically, they're like chilling in the car, listening to some music. And I mean, honestly, in my head, nothing important really happened on that car, uh, on that car ride unless you guys have anything to note about that part, but I don't remember anything interesting or I think Ati is asleep and they like have a conversation. Just but... the part where they get to the forest and then um, oh, yeah. she shows Erhan a vision of his family. Oh yeah. 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 But yeah, that's, but that's later. Day. Yeah. Yeah. So then Serdar gives this press conference where he makes a joke about Atiya running away and then he's like, no, she's just sick and she's in the care of the most uh, well-known doctors in this country because, of course, I'm probably saying that he, I mean, he would say that he, like, flew in some doctors from whoever whoever knows where. Um, and so then one of his security guards tell him tells him that they found the car. They identified the car that Atiye left in. So he asked to follow them. And so they're driving. And in a very sad turn, um, Serdar tells Ozan that, you know, he's very disappointed in him and how could he let his fiance like or yeah, fiance go away with some random stranger and like he should have killed him or something horrible like that. Um, and basically, I mean, he's very crappy to to Ozan. Who then runs? Oh well. Also, Jansu manages to hear this for some reason, and then Atiye and and er, and Erhan stop at some like roadside stop, and she's still wearing her wedding dress, so they have to get her some clothes, which are very decent for a roadside stop, in my opinion. Um, Agreed. And- <laughs> very odd store. I know, and this woman is like, oh. You guys, like the honeymoon, she's going to hate you on the honeymoon or something because Atiyah is still wearing the wedding dress. And this woman thinks that the guy's the groom. 
and comic relief, I guess, but whatever, who cares, honestly. Um, and uh, they make some sort of, yeah, there's some comic relief, whatever. And so then, um, again, the parents go to talk to Serdar and the dad is proposing all of these alternatives. Like, we need to look at security footage. We should do this. We should do this. And the mom is is very resistant, you know, to to all of this. And she defers to Serdar. She's like, Serdar knows best. I, I don't think that the two of us know better than Sky. So the dad's kind of upset about that. I think it's also a male ego thing, probably. But I mean, also Serdar is a bad guy. And yeah, also like, who the fuck is this guy to know better about his daughter? Than, it's um, bizarre. Yeah, super weird. It, yeah, he's a controlling um also does he have an accent because i feel like he definitely has like an accent in terms of like speaking no he, nothing that i can hear but i mean he's he was born in germany but i don't hear an accent in, mm. his, in the way he speaks okay i mean i i don't know enough turkish probably to know but i just thought that i heard like some words that were differently pronounced um so they're with the grandma and the and they're having this very delicious lentil soup which I want so badly. And I watched this at lunchtime, so I was really hungry. I didn't even think about that. That certainly should have been our history section. (laughs) Soup instead of Nemrut. We messed up. I think we already did soup, didn't we? I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like we did. Really? Wow. I really want that soup so badly. (laughs) I love that soup in general. Um, anyway, Turkish soup, there's a lot of different kinds and they're all really good. Um, so it's the grandma's like really out of it, or at least that's what it seems. She's like saying, like, we need to get to Nimrut, and I need to tell you all this, all these things. And she says like some incoherent things. Oh, they ask her about the girl with the with the star on her forehead. So first they say. You know, like, maybe we don't need the notebook anymore because we have the grandma now, so she can tell us everything. And um, Erhan is trying to understand how his dad is, like, related to the grandma, which is not clear. And also they ask her about the girl with the star on her forehead. And she says that she was um, a prince, the princess of Cappadocia, who was married to the guy who commissioned Nimrut. And they had five children and three were daughters. And apparently, like, she was a very, like, happy and, like, wonderful person. But she needs to see Atiye so she can get that brightness back for some reason. I mean, this all this stuff just seems crazy. Um, and so the grandma is weird. And they, like, for some reason, leave her alone at the restaurant and just leave, it seems. Again, very confusing. And so then Atiyah's parents go somewhere. I think they go home, I guess. And Jansu goes home as well. And she's showering and, um, you know, because so the parents live in one in one place. And then Atiyah and Jansu live like in their own apartment, right? Not with their parents. Yep. Okay. So she's showering um, very centrally, I guess, as one showers. Um, and um, this guy, Ozan, walks into the apartment and he, like, I guess knows that she's showering because he, like, starts covering his eyes. 
which why? Because I mean, I guess the bathroom has a door, so there's like no need to cover your eyes. I don't know. I'm very confused about that thing. Um, but he walks. No, he in. was perving on her. But how? If there's like a door to the there's bathroom? no door. It's there's just no door. there's just, just a shower in the middle of their living yeah. room. It's very confusing. It's very okay. modern. Okay, so she's showering. He walks in. She hears him walk in and is like, "What the fuck? Why are you like walking in without knocking?" And he's like, oh, old habits, whatever. So he's like, slash kind of pretending to cover up his eyes or something. And she gets out of the shower. He's like really upset. So he like leans on her and cries and like, like obviously like the normal reaction of someone who just got left at the altar by their girlfriend. And um, she's like comforting him <clears throat> and all this stuff. Um, and then we go back to Nimrut and they're like on the drive and Ati is asleep and, and they start, um, the old lady and, and their Han start having a conversation about something. I think he talks about like his childhood or something. Um, I mean, nothing memorable to me, but maybe I just zoned out. Um, and so they, they get to this, the, the old woman starts saying, you need to stop when like the road turns like and whatever turns around and there's some trees whatever so they stop they get out of the car and she's like telling him where to go and they go to like a clearing in front of this little lake thing and she puts her hand like his hand to the earth and basically he has a flashback to well or he sees the night that his parents and his sister died where the car turned around um I have to be honest, like, I didn't really understand what was, like, for some reason, his whole childhood, he had the impression that this accident had been his fault, but this vision somehow reversed that, which I didn't catch why. Yeah, so he he had been, like, unhappy at his aunt's house, and so he called his parents to pick him up, and that's why they were driving, so he thought it was his fault that they got into an accident, but then he learned that they were actually murdered. So it was not his right. fault. Yeah. Right. Yeah. By some weird gunman. Yes, you're right. Now I remember that. So this like blows his mind. Um, and then uh, Atiye is asleep in the car, but there's some dude lurking outside of the car um, who looks kind of similarly dressed than the man that like shot the parents or like he they're wearing like a black helmet. Mm-hmm. motorcycle helmet or something like it seems that they're they're at least trying it trying to make it seem like they're similar or something so atia like the guy just comes looks at atia and leaves so i guess he's the one like he could either be uh the person serdar sent to like look after her because that's one thing that serdar ordered like somebody to just keep an eye on her and like inform him of everything um and so um, Atiyah finds them and, and is like, what's going on? And just like, they get in the car, they uh, get to, I assume, Adiyaman, like the city outside of Nimrud, and they're like in the town and everyone in the town somehow like knows the old lady because apparently she's like performed miracles or something, it seems. And so Atiyah takes a chance to call her sister and tell her like, you know, I need to figure out this whole symbol thing. I don't know who I am, so I can't marry um, Ozan. So, like, whatever. And, like, keep this all to yourself. <laughs> Which sucks. <laughs> I would 
not want to be like in that position with that information because like obviously everyone wants to know what Atiyah's deal is but the sister knows and can't tell anyone um so they're in, in town and the the landscape is really nice there's these weird crazy mountains that they show um which I really want to go to and then they get to Nimrud and like they're looking at everything and they camp somewhere nearby and the grandma falls asleep really early and Ati tries to get Erhan to talk about what he saw and like realized um on the day so I guess he like tells her about it and then we go back to Istanbul where Ozan is waking up um at the apartment because he apparently took a really long nap and it makes sense because they've been up all night and He's like frantically looking through his phone, trying to find out if Atiye like has texted him. Like he clearly is sad and upset, and you know he, he doesn't even seem like angry at her. He just wants to know where she is, or like wants to know that she cares about him also. Um, so they're by the fireplace, uh, whatever, have a conversation, and um, then we go back again to Istanbul, where. Basically, Jansu like expresses her frustration with the fact that Ozan is always kind of coming to her for advice, for support. Like he came to her one time that Atiye was going to dump him, and um, you know she she helped him and everything. And she's like, "I'm I'm done with this. Like I I I'm not your confidant. Like I have no responsibility to you. So like stop leaning on me." And Obviously, there's like some sort of sexual tension, and so they hook up, of course. Um, so, and weirdly, like it seems like Atiyah has some sort of hunch or like has some sort of vision or like some sort of feeling when they hook up. So, like, I guess she knows, or I don't even know what. Um, or maybe she just woke up because she realized the old lady wasn't there or like got a cosmic feeling from the old lady. So she goes to go after the old lady. And she's the old lady's doing this whole like ceremony thing um, at Nemrut at sunrise. And she's like telling her all about how she's going to like bring light to the world or like bring the light again or something like that. Um, in the meantime, uh, Erhan also wakes up and this guy like starts like he's there's this guy in the camp and he like tries to like they try they fight. And he doesn't necessarily win, but I think he's able to get away. And so then we get a scene with Atiyah's parents where the dad's like, so your mother's still alive and you didn't want to tell me. And that's why you didn't want to go through the security footage and all the stuff. And it turns out that the mom had like staged the whole thing to make it seem like the grandma didn't live where Atiyah had gone and found her. And the mom had like her mom has like Zuhre was always alive. But the mom hated her because of what had happened to her father, which is what we saw at the start of the episode where he just like some gunman walked into the house and killed him. And she says that Suhe has like always done bad stuff to people. And then um, they have this whole discussion and she basically like says that she was traumatized, which makes sense, to be honest. And then we go back to like that Nemrut ritual and the grandma basically like dies, it seems like she's like 
now I can die in peace and she dies, which I guess classic. And then I guess when she's dead, she guides Atiya towards a cave. And um, that like then the cave closes and that's the end of the episode. Yes. And the, the little girl guided her to the cave. Oh, is probably the same like person slash spirit as Zufre, but who knows? Okay, so now we're going to move on into our gossip slash banter slash spilling the non-existent tea section. And obviously, from our interruptions to Sophia's recap, we have a lot to talk about. So I guess the first thing we see is what happened to Atie's mom as a child. So do we want to talk about Atie's mom in general (laughs) and how fucked up she is? I mean, honestly, I have to say I'm a bit over her character. Like, I I think it they took too many episodes to, like, humanize her because, like, now we kind of, like, really dislike her and have less empathy towards her. But I don't know if it's just because I'm kind of a bad person and, like, I'm not interested in the character at all at this point. I mean, there was a lot going on. I don't think, like, three episodes is too long, like, at the very start of the fourth episode to reveal this i was actually surprised they revealed it so quickly i remembered it happening later um but apparently it didn't like i thought that was one of the end of season reveals oh interesting um yeah i mean i mean i don't think it was too well no i kind of agree with sophia like i have no sympathy for this woman i think she's a monster and childhood trauma does not excuse like gaslighting your daughter into thinking she has a terrible mental illness so I have no sympathy for her I think the the paranoid schizophrenia thing was I mean really fucked up so Um, fucked up but it also like I have this question and it's you know where are where are these visions coming from because the old lady jumping off the building like that can't have been real no, and that was like, that's like their psychic connection. Like I, she was uh, appearing to her as a vision, not as a, but not in a material sense. Cause she was being like okay. hidden away in random places by her gotcha. daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like telepathically like uh, beaming a, a view of herself to Atia cause she knows that she can see her, but I mean, I kind of, I kind of, I don't, I agree that set up handled it very poorly and gaslighting is never excusable by anything um but i do think that having your father's brains blown out right in front of you and splattering on your face and then your house being burned and your mom being basically tried for witchcraft like this is like this is a lot of stuff for like it's bad 10 12 year old yeah it's pretty bad i can excuse her for hating her mom but like she needs she how she can't and she thinks I guess she's looking out for her daughter's best interest but still how she can twist that into what she did is you know that I don't get that either but I can see her wanting to keep her daughter away from her own mother exactly. at all costs yeah um, I'm yeah. just worried that her daughter is going to act like her mother or like 
have something in common with her mother which no, i don't think i don't think the mom i don't think setup has any like magic or anything i don't think she thinks her mom has any that's my understanding with the information we have i think she's afraid her crazy mom is gonna you know mess with atia the way she messed with like people in Odiaman, i guess and you know just caused chaos and trouble yeah, I mean, that's what I meant. Not that they had a, a psychic connection or whatever, but just like that her daughter now mysteriously has some sort of connection with her grandma. Like, is just a bad sign for her. Like, she doesn't want her daughter to have anything to do with this woman. Right. Yeah. Um, I do have to say, <laughs> I don't know if, well, obviously, as he wasn't confused, but I was a little confused um, when they were first showing the scene, whether it was a dad and two daughters or a dad, a wife, and a daughter. I feel like the age of the Zure character was like a little bit too, um, like it could have gone either way. And I was, I was, when I was taking notes, I was like, do I write daughter? Do I write wife? I don't know. And then they, they revealed it, but I was a little confused. She looked pretty young compared to the father. Um, I just want to point out kind of an ongoing theme in these Netflix TV shows, Turkish TV shows of um, dead parents. So we've got <laughs> yeah. the, protect- the Protector. We've got Love 101. We've got Fatma. Um, this show, you guys haven't seen 50 Meters Squared, but very much a part of that too. <laughs> like All of them are missing one or more parents. Um, and like, yes, a lot of people have that, but like, not like everyone ever i feel like that's (laughs) like like all of our childhood disney movies were also like that (laughs) so yeah Yeah. it's like a it's an easy way to like explain personality traits yeah it's like oh they don't have ex parent or either parent yeah also i think like the whole adoptive family thing I thought it was going to be a big deal here. It wasn't eventually because I thought maybe um, Atiyah was adopted or something. Um, but I think that that whole parentage thing, um, not knowing who your family is, not knowing who your bloodline is, is like also a recurring theme. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought, oh. Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, no, they'll just throw stuff out like that, that to, to not pick it up later. This is not one of those shows. I'm telling you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of tropes in Turkish TV shows, this is something that happens in Karapara Ash, uh, Black Money Love, best show of all time, um, <laughs> where the paparazzi are like taking pictures of and writing articles about just random rich families, even though they're not w- celebrities. Well, there is definitely like a keen interest in Turkish society, like society being like society people. So Mm -hmm. that's not crazy to me. Like there's like, there's a department store chain called Boynet. Like it's like an anchor department store in every mall. Um, Like a, like, I don't know if Macy's still exists, but like Macy's or something (laughs) like that. Um, And that family I mean, the, the patriarch or the patriarch's father, whatever, like established this department store chain. None of the children do anything other than be social media influencers. Uh-huh. And like when I, I interned at Pepsi, 
in Turkey in 2014 over the summer and in the PR um, communications department. And we did like a promo event for Lipton IC because I think PepsiCo had just acquired Lipton IC. And um, they were doing like a promo event on a rooftop of a hotel in Nishantoshi, which is like one of the ritzy neighborhoods in Istanbul. And the guest of honor was one of the daughters or granddaughters of this department store dynasty. And literally all she was doing was like pretending to cook and like would be sipping iced tea like in the corner. <laughs> I'm like, why is she important? Like, why is she considered a celebrity? Why'd they pay her to be here? Like, no, I don't know. I didn't understand it. Um, so there's definitely like with, even with business people or like the children of business people who have absolutely no like, you know, talent or, or interest anything interesting about them they're still hunted down by the paparazzi what's weird to me is that the show hasn't bothered to explain why he's like a titan of industry as right you mentioned this like what where is his wealth supposedly Just from i mean mysterious. it's obviously coming from his alien overlords but like <laughs> <laughs> but like where else is it coming from yeah <laughs> But I think that's still very common, even in the States, like, you know, Sammy, New York, like all the socialite people and the coming out balls and stuff like magazines like Vogue and stuff will report on that because people are interested in like learning about how really rich people live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that family reminded me of like no shade, but Paris Hilton. (laughs) The one you were talking about. Huh? Oh, God, no. Oh, please. No. But yes. The paparazzi always followed him around, right? And there's no reason for that. Yeah. Um, but yes, having like a press conference when the wedding was canceled, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just wild. But he, he, it was, the whole thing was to control the narrative. Right. But yeah, I agree that it was a dumb thing to do. They could have just not said anything. And then we learn that Sardar is not only evil and off after Atia and trying to destroy everyone's lives, he's also like the worst dad in the history of film. Oh, that was the worst <laughs> hug I've ever seen. That was so brutal. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Poor Ozan really was- left me feeling sorry for him. Yeah. Ugh. And he didn't even say anything back. He just took it. Just took the hug and all things that came with the hug <laughs> that shouldn't come with a hug god oh i want to unrelated to this but i want to also call out that atia's last name is Özgür soy Özgür means like independent or free and soy is like lineage or ancestry so she's got like a freewheeling or independent spirit uh running in her blood uh, so that kind of fits Granny's whole vibe for sure. That's interesting. Yeah, it's like not that common. Of, I mean, it was just like I've heard it, but it's like not like Smith. So I definitely yeah. intentional. I was really surprised that Ozan had a gun. That just seemed really out of character. Yeah. Where did he have a gun? I missed that. He had a gun. So when the horrible oh, when hug the, happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And I guess and he was, his idea was he was going to go after Erhan. Yeah. But um, then his dad was like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't tell if they were just trying to show that he was like shattered after the runaway bride incident or if he, they were trying to show that he has like mental health, mental instability issues because he also mm. like broke down at uh Jansu 
John Chu's place. So I don't know. I mean, I think he's like just been under his dad's thumb for his entire life. And that definitely messes you up. I don't know if it's like necessarily that he's unstable. I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Had to wait until Sophia was back to talk about the John Su Ozan forever. What? You support that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think they make Honestly, a much better couple. Because I feel bad for... Oh. for- guys we need to we need to just remember that sammy said this this is gonna be very important Uh (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember Um, a lot of things but i do remember enough to say that this is (laughs) we're writing this day down on july 23rd sammy said (laughs) (laughs) i just i felt like Ate made the right decision, obviously running away from the wedding, but she also acted quite selfishly in the wake of that, like not contacting her family or contacting Ozan or anything like that. Um, and I felt like Ozan and Jansu are a much nicer couple together. Ate never really seemed to give a shit about Ozan. And um, also, I think maybe there's like a little bit of a chemistry problem between the two actors because... I wasn't really rooting for them. For Jansu and Ozan? Or no, Jansu for Atie and, and Atie. Ozan, yeah. Like, I know we talked about The Good Place before, and, like, that was one of the big things was, like, I just, Eleanor and Chidi had zero chemistry, and they tried to make them, like, the most romantic couple, and it just made no sense whatsoever. So maybe it's something like that. I love Eleanor and Chidi. I was all in. Oh my god, they had no chemistry. It's a nice idea, I, I but no chemistry, but it was still like nice. It was nice. God, my cat. So Eski, you don't feel like Ozan and Jansu forever? No, I even before like watching this once already, I was repulsed by their affair. <laughs> Honestly, when, when he was talking they, right. about, about that time in college, I thought they, they had hooked up before yeah yeah me too mm-hmm. i don't what you guys think about her like whole rant like i was a little bit like mm. that's a dumb rant to be honest yeah that's, really that's what i thought too yeah like, i was like asking, not really like feeling for her <laughs> asking the woman asking like her about what what atia likes and what gifts to get her like i don't think that's unreasonable yeah like the things she was saying were like what you would ask any sister like yeah or friend I think the problem was that she was in love with him the whole time and so every time he asked her it was like horrible for her but yes I I think it's completely ridiculous that she's been like in love with her sister's boyfriend for six years that's just not acceptable another thing that she said during her rant was that like John's to the best daughter with the most loved daughter was like that's not a bad thing like why why are you complaining about that like that's (laughs) <laughs> you have are you the status? most loved daughter you seem like a drunk <laughs> well i think i think i feel like setup likes johnson better because well i think like johnson actually like well i think she sees her career as more legitimate for whatever reason than Atiyah's, even though maybe like crazy moms with that kind of a worldview should really see both as like unstable jobs but whatever um yeah also probably because Atia is her daughter she's probably been worried about the whole like grandma thing 
that whole time. Oh, this is like adopted daughter. You just made it. A, oh, so she is adopted. John's well, yeah, Johnson's was adopted. That was already said. Oh, I thought, I thought that was just joke. a joke. No, she's adopted. <laughs> oh, okay. That wasn't a joke. No. Huh. no. Interesting. So she's got a couple issues, issues from, that. from that. Oh yeah. Okay. Also, I have a, a question. So we know that everyone's like running around because Atia disappeared. But do you think they're actually worried that they don't know where she is or they're just like angry and annoyed that they had to cancel the wedding and like, what are people going to think and whatever? Yes. Number two. Yes. Yeah, that's what I think. too. I don't think it's out of true concern. It's more like we're humiliated. Except for Atia's dad. I think he's truly concerned about her. But everyone else, no. And maybe Osan. Yeah. Sad, I was just like, where's my person that I need to further my evil plot? Yeah. <laughs> well, she's making she's making sure your evil plot does not happen. Hopefully. Who is uh who's after them? Who's this person in the black helmet? Do you guys ever watch Top Gear? Because that guy looks like the Stig. No, I don't. I've never seen it. Okay. <laughs> they they have a, a racing driver in the old show who uh, sometimes appears mysteriously outside of windows and never talks. And he wears the outfit the same as that guy was wearing. So it was pretty funny. I assume he works for Sardar, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm not wondering because I know, but it definitely, definitely suggests that the fact that the figure appears in both the, present like lurking around in the trees and in the vision either suggest that that's an old person or there's some time hopping going on or I yeah I did not put that together at all until Sophia said it in the recap that they were similarly dressed and therefore maybe the same person or the same organization or something yeah, yeah exactly same organization but whatever is going on is connected like the car accident whatever way back when when Adhan was like a young child I guess maybe like I don't know how old he was like 10 maybe and then uh in the present day so it's been it's not a short it's not a little short-term plan that they're in the middle of and also if if Erhan's dad never got the info which is kind of what Zuve implied this episode, why was he the target of the assassination? Got too close, probably, to whatever the info was. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think definitely there's, like, the way they're trying to paint this is, like, there's some good guys that are trying to reveal this ancient mystery, and there's some bad guys that are trying to profit off of it or control it in some way. And so, Obviously, like the bad guys are bad enough that they'll kill anyone in their way. Like just the fact that Serdar was like, "You should have killed Erhan," just like is a sign to like, well, and that the fact that he killed that guy at the wedding also, like yeah. clearly he doesn't give a shit about killing. People. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Remember when he murdered a guy at the wedding? <laughs> I hope he cleaned that up before the press arrived. <laughs> I. I, I always when I first watched this show, I thought honestly, hopping over 
to Nimrut was weird because Gebekli is way older. Uh, so you can't even like draw a line between the two sites other than that they're both very old and in southeastern Turkey, but they're not even like Urfa is not even, I mean, it's relatively close. It's closer than Istanbul is to Adiyaman, but it's not like, you know, a stone's throw away. So I definitely was like, why is there also like a spiritual connection to Nimrud? Like different eras, different kingdoms, different people. Um, so I don't really get why other than maybe like tourism and like getting to know Turkey. <laughs> but there doesn't seem to be like a logical uh, historical or folkloric reason to throw in Nemrut. Feels like they should have just kept going with I think just... Nemrut is a lot more telegenic <laughs> in my yeah, opinion. Right. Doesn't have that like covered archaeological site and then mm-hmm. the rest is just like mounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like actually, yeah. But then like <laughs> Why not? Well, I guess Gubekitet has got the like nobody knows what it is uh, vibe to it, but like I mean, Nemrut kind of the same. There's not much recorded about uh, that kingdom, so I feel like they could have just picked Nemrut then to, to center it around. <laughs> Maybe they wanted to make it less Greek, I guess, if that's a thing. Like not Greek, Hellenic, whatever. Why though? Like, why would they want to do that? Because in Greece, they still call Istanbul Constantinople. <laughs> Just no, kidding. I don't think they would. I don't think that. I don't think there's that much animosity <laughs> toward Greek people, TBH in general, and like between the Turkish and the Greek people, there's not um, direct animosity. I feel like the government sometimes pretend there is to gain votes or to gain or to distract from other issues, but in both countries, but. It's not a real thing. What is a real thing is, uh, and I don't want to get into it on this podcast in detail, but there's quite a bit of references to, you know, the Kurdish language and like Adiyaman is very heavily Kurdish. And so, and Ufa to some extent, um, and they haven't really like masked that. So if anything, if they wanted to be political and like erase an identity, it would be the Kurdish one if, you know, they had untoward motives like that but mm-hmm. i don't think the i don't think the showrunners have any you know backwards views <laughs> like that from what i can see yeah yeah I, I mean i just meant that like i don't know i was i was kind of making a joke but i guess it was a bad one <laughs> it was a terrible joke no one left um do we have anything more for the gossip section or should we use this as an opportunity to naturally segue into the history section now you've said it's not natural, Sammy, but yes, I think. <laughs> so we're going to use this very natural segue <laughs> to start our history section where we will be talking about Nemrut, which is the historical site that Atier, Granny, and Erhan went to in this episode. Wait, I still had a few, uh, a, a lot other things that I wanted to talk about. Okay. <laughs> Sophia, we said if, if there's nothing else, We'll segue. Where were you? I'm sorry. Oh my god. Computer's my w- really slow. My WTF is Sophia's participation. <laughs> Sophia, what do you have? Okay, so first, I don't like. I don't. There's there's something that they say about the tunnels that there's a ton of tunnels in Nimrud that no one knows where they go 
Well, I guess maybe this is for the history section. Fine. I'll let that go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very confused about. So, you know, they're talking about the prince, the girl with the star. Mm-hmm. And nope. they talked about her as an adult and like how she had children and stuff. So, like, why are they showing her as a girl? I don't know that Wait. we know that she is the same as the wife of the king that they were talking yeah. about. Yeah, they said that the person with the star on the forehead. Oh. What? That's not, no. Yeah, they did. <gasps> Guys, Are you sure? Why would she be speaking yeah. Kurdish? I don't even know if like Kurdish was a thing back then. <laughs> I don't know, but I no, because really... what was happening was they were at at lunch or whatever. They were Ati was asking Zufre about the girl, and Zufre was not to be distracted going right. to tell her about the queen. And one yeah, had nothing was, to do with each other. They yeah, were kind of just like set her own cross talking. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, pretty yeah. sure. Really? Okay, fine. Girl, like, oh. Not dressed like whatever hundreds i mean i don't know how they dress but she looks like doesn't look like she's from that old of a time period nah i feel like it, i mean she's just wearing like some roby thing like it could be from any time like that much fabric was hard to come by in like 100 <laughs> everyone knows that people walked around naked in ancient there times. Still snow in that time you know leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm okay. I'll take your word for it, but I'm not convinced. Okay. Um, regarding that point. And then, okay, we haven't talked about the grandmother dying. Oh, okay, yeah. Good point. Talk about that. Y'all think she died? Yes. No. <laughs> I don't remember, honestly. I was surprised, though, by the death, death looking thing. I, she seemed to be like, I don't know. I feel like she was at the end of her journey. She passed her duties on to Atie. Atie's going on a journey and Zuve is dead. That was my feeling at the end of the episode, but I could definitely be wrong. You think okay. she just passed out, Sophia? Um, I think, okay, when when you asked if she, if she had really died, what I, what I meant to say is like, I think we're going to still see her a ton because like mm-hmm. even the cover photo for this like for the show is her okay so i get the feeling that she's still gonna be around um but you know that's that's a good point i don't i don't know if she if she's gonna be like maybe she's just a vision that keeps like she's her spiritual guide or whatever did they just happen to have like all that camping equipment with them <laughs> that was very confusing too <laughs> Can you camp at Nemrut? Like, can you just go? I don't and- know. It's like I a doubt it. World Heritage Site. I feel like there's a lot exactly. of camp. Yeah, seems unlikely. Because it's definitely a national. It's definitely a national park. Which I mean, I know you can camp at national parks in the U.S., but like only specific areas. I don't think like they'd let you camp right by, like right on the heads of Mount Rushmore. Not yeah. that that's in any way comparable to Nemrut, but like you know, it's a structure with heads. <laughs> <laughs> i mean for any south dakota north dakota south dakota don't i don't know maybe they'll be they'll be offended that we <laughs> no the mountain itself is in uh 
uh, Mount Rushmore is like an abomination because that was actually a sacred rock that they dynamited into those abhorrent <laughs> president heads. Oh my god! That's and they also so chose, classic. Like, some yeah. of the most egregious presidents, because of course, which one did that? I don't know who who uh, ordered the construction of Mount Rushmore. I don't know. I have no idea. But I feel not like we're getting it. off topic. <laughs> For sure. Sophia, really just not worth the railing or a nice segue, I have to say. Oh, really ouch. <laughs> Come on. That's so mean. I just wanted to. We needed to talk about the grandma dying. You're we right. Did. We did. That's true. That's true. Okay, so now we are going to move on into our history section, where we're going to talk about what we learned about Nemrut, which is the historical site that uh, Atie and Zuhre and Erhan visited in this episode. None of us have been there. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, But we all desperately want to go and hopefully we'll go on our next trip to Turkey together. Um, It's kind of out of the way. So that's why we never made it. So I can start with what I gleaned about it and you guys can add in. So Nemrut is a 7,000 foot mountain in southeastern Turkey. Um, It's been a UNESCO World Heritage Site since 1987. And it was built during the Komagene, Komagene, we don't know, kingdom, (laughs) which was the successor state of the Seleucid Empire. Um, which Sophia can tell you more about. Uh, their king who commissioned um, this structure uh, of Nemrut was ruled between 62 and 38 BCE. He had a very uh, religiously and ethnically diverse kingdom. So he actually created his own religion um, from Iranian deities, Greek deities, and then he made his himself and his family deities in this religion also. Um, and it was called the Imperial Cult of Comagene. So I think that's pretty funny. Um, and he built a tomb sanctuary on top of the mountain, flanked by statues that were 26 to 30 feet high um, of himself, two lions, two eagles, and some Greek and Iranian gods. And the statues were seated with the names of each god inscribed on them. Uh, however, that's not what you'll see if you visit the site today. People tore down these statues uh, because um, they were icons of what they consider to be false deities. So what mostly what's left is uh, just the heads sitting upright, uh, which is pretty cool looking in its own right. And there's also a barrow or burial mound there, which is 160 feet by 500 feet. Um, unexcavated still, I think, because it's kind of like pile, there's stones piled on top of it in such a way that if you tried to break into it, it would just collapse on top of you. So um, kind of like a defensive mechanism. Uh, It was first excavated in 1881 and has been excavated seriously since the 1950s, I believe. And they still have not found the tomb of Antiochus, but they are most archaeologists believe that his tomb is on the site somewhere. So that's pretty interesting slash feeds into our story that they've never been able to find his burial. 
And there, there's a thing about iconoclasm is that it, it wasn't only like false gods. There was a period, like a, a period in Byzantine like cultural history where no religious iconography was allowed at all. So there was like a, like similar to, you know, what I think what happened at some, a certain point in, in Islam, um, where there was like a clear the iconoclasm where you couldn't represent any like religious figure in like you couldn't have a representation of them so they had that in 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 byzantine uh culture and in, in byzantine christianity i guess is the word or yeah religion um you you couldn't show any face of any deity so that's also um not only like deities that were from different religions but your own you couldn't have any imagery either and did you want to talk about the empire oh, yeah yeah so we were we were kind of doing a little discussion before we started about um you know where like what was this dynasty that or who, who was a part of this dynasty that uh constructed this this place because um as i said i was kind of very ignorant about this subject like I didn't know a lot about Nemrut I just knew that Sammy really wanted to go and <laughs> wanted to go and it was giant heads and stuff um but basically uh we were just talking about um there's there's a very interesting mix because apparently the the people that were part of the empire were Armenian but they spoke um Persian language or Farsi their, their official language was Greek, like the government language was Greek, but they also spoke English. Okay. Okay. So basically, when they when we were talking about that, it just um I I went back and remembered because they were part of or like a spin off of the Seleucid Empire or or had something to do, and the Seleucid Empire I remember I don't know if this was from high school maybe, <laughs> um, but it was this empire. Um, well as as we know. Alexander the Great was a very successful conqueror who in his short life was able to gain control over very large expanses of the globe, I mean, of, of Europe and Asia. So he actually was able to conquer Iran, which is a place that not very many military forces have been able to conquer, if not very few. So actually, he was able to go all the way there. But once he died, and he died uh, very suddenly in a very young age, basically, they had to decide what to do with all of this, um, you know, giant mass of land. So they divided it into three parts. And one of the parts was the Seleucid Empire um, that included like modern day Iran and um, possibly very probably some parts of, of Turkey as well. So yeah, I think it's it's interesting that I mean, the, the Greek influence, um, well, the Hellenic, I guess, influence got all the way, you know, to Iran. Um, it, it and bordered, I'm looking at the borders of the Seleucid Empire, its greatest extent, and it was right up against the Mauryan Empire in India. So it was all the way up to modern day, it looks like Pakistan is where its eastern limit is. Um, but way, like, hun hundreds or thousands of miles to the east of the Caspian Sea, so really massive um and it looks like from the map i'm looking at that uh like the Yaman would have for sure been within its borders uh, on the western end 
Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know if, Esgi, you want to go, like, more into it, but, like, just the mix of different cultures that was in this in this empire. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, I mean, this is obviously uh, a couple thousand years before, really, um, any sort of national identity or any, any politics around nationalism emerged. So it's pretty wild that, uh, you know, the multilingualism was so casual and uh, uh, all the different religions obviously represented. Um, but I mean, I, like the places it touches you know, all the way down to, you know, what was called Judea up to um, uh, borders, you know, actually a region called Cappadocia, like the, a, a, an area with borders called Cappadocia on the map I'm looking at in, in from 300 BC, uh, Kingdom of Armenia, which at that point uh, was Zoroastrianism because it was pre-Christianity, but I mean the language and, and the all the all the other kind of aspects of the culture existed, so to speak. There was they had their own literature and whatnot, very well defined at that point. Um, and then within the borders, yeah, all the way to what we would now call South Asia. Um, I mean, it, yeah, the, the it's really interesting that they ran affairs of the state in Greek and were able to do so as far east and west as they did um but i don't really have anything to comment on i feel like you know i was not aware of this empire until tonight so so you definitely know more i don't think it was very long-lived no um, i can see why yeah i can see why it's very large and they didn't have cell phones yeah because the empire that built nemrut was um in the wake of rome having defeated the seleucid empire and it dissolving into multiple states Mm -hmm. Um, well, yeah, because yeah, also like Alexander, well, first, I feel like this is something that they always teach you in like history, like, it's much easier to conquer than to yeah. rule. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like such a big expanse of land with so many different cultures in it was very difficult. Like, if you look at, for example, I don't know what it's called now, I guess the the, the original caliphate, the like Muhammad founded caliphate was very 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 successful in like maintaining one cultural identity throughout mm-hmm. groups that were so different like when I when I was doing the research for the Fatma recording because there, there there was already like obviously like infighting and, and sectarianism like very few years into it but like the the expanse of land that it was able to reach and influence that it was able to maintain like until the it basically continued until the fall of the ottoman empire so it's like really impressive Mm -hmm. i'm counting on this map and there's in you know east of iran well starting in iran and eastward up up into you know the what i assume was today the stans and then out into pakistan modern day pakistan there's at least nine different settlements called alexandra alexander alexandria something something (laughs) I guess I guess someone uh, named Alexander passed through there. <laughs> Good sleuthing. Yeah, it's just a little something I put together while Sophie was explaining. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think also there was a big succession crisis when he died, and they like divided it up between generals who like really their interest was just to get money off of it, like get rich out of these new territories, which also usually does not work well in the long term 
but uh, in their lifetimes was damn lucrative I'm oh sure. yeah, a lot, yeah. Of be, a lot of money to be gained yeah. from all these territories for sure um do we have anything else on Nemrut? are I the tunnels just... real like yeah the, the tunnels thing yeah. it didn't say anything about the tunnels in what i read of course i we haven't been there and we're not experts but i don't know we should check when we go yeah report back to the, to the pod fans just take a shovel oh yeah <laughs> mount pretty- nemrut's mysterious tunnels Ooh. it's a video from <laughs> the new istanbul airport <laughs> oh i don't uh, know well i i'm just gonna say again as sammy said please support our podcast so we can have a trip so we nemrut. can go to nemrut and investigate the re- tunnels our research trip yeah it's critical how else will you all know about them <laughs> If not for us, maybe we'll stop by Gobekli Tepe as well and let you yes. know if we see the mysterious young woman with the star in her for on her forehead, or the Atiye sign. Who knows? Who maybe knows? The- so with that plea, <laughs> we're gonna move on into our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck, Sultan of Success, and Fatma's hit list. For what the fuck, my first one is it seems like Erhan and Atiye stop at a convenience store on their drive, and but there's like stylish women's clothing there. It's like a rest stop. That wasn't that weird to me. There are some very advanced rest stops. Yeah. Remember the one with all the bathrooms and the delicious toast? Yeah, but they didn't have a women's clothing boutique. <laughs> Were you I, looking for like nice clothes? No, you I was weren't. just looking for toast. Yeah, for me, so was, I mean, you might have missed it. It was more of a what the fuck to the writers because they could have done something really funny and have her dressed in a really funny outfit. That's but I guess true. this is That's not true. the kind of show. <laughs> yeah, that would have been funny no. if she got like a really dorky tourist t-shirt or something. Yeah. Yeah, they had a lot of touristy things. So I was assuming like, I don't know. It seems like the place where they probably sell like some sort of like sultan outfit or something. <laughs> sultan of success is sultan the of success rest stop. outfit. <laughs> yes. um, then I have what the fuck uh, leaving Zuhre alone all the time. Like they kept yes. ha- going yes. off and having combos by themselves and leaving her alone. And it was like yes. she could run off at any moment. She's very flighty. What are yep. you doing? Yep. And she's definitely smarter than everyone. So yeah. people. <laughs> this is wild. What the fuck, Jansu and Atie's shower? I mean, God, <laughs> what are you doing? You're you it's not like Atie lives alone, like they're sharing the shower. I didn't realize they lived together until this episode. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought maybe Jansu was just like mooching and like chilling around the loft, but seems like she lives there. I thought she had like I I I really misunderstood this, I think, but I thought that her little workshop and stuff in the prior episodes was in a different apartment, but I guess it was like different rooms maybe in this loft. Yeah, different corners of the loft. There's a bathroom shower corner. There's a dress design corner. (laughs) There's a floor painting corner. There's a sex kitchen. Sex kitchen corner. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bizarre apartment for sure. What are your guys' what the fucks? 
That's all you had? I thought That's you had it. Really? It's a very reasonable episode. I, okay. Oh, we, we didn't talk about this, but it's not a what the fuck, it's a shout out, but chestnuts in the first scene. I thought that was nice, and we haven't talked about chestnuts yet, so. Oh, talk- yeah. Before the blood sp- spatters. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um definitely what the fuck um the blood like why was there so much blood like it's an entire head there would be so much blood (laughs) all those brains were everywhere yes but it looked like a shot like like if the sprinklers went off and it was blood that's what it looked like and i don't think it was a lot of blood a lot dear listeners we will not be investigating we will not invest no matter how much you donate to the podcast we will not be i will not be investigated (laughs) also the blood just looked really fake the color was off so that just threw me off i didn't like that Mm. (laughs) um so also what the fuck why does the mom have a thing for serdar bay like what's her deal with him i don't know yeah i agree with that that's a good one um okay also um yeah again what the fuck not doing some comic relief with the outfit (laughs) Also, what the fuck, Serdar, like, apparently they're at Serdar's house, and it's a very nice house, but he's not offering them, like, some room where they can sleep because they haven't slept all night, or a nice warm shower where they can shower. Um, that just seems like bad manners. But If they uh, asked him to shower, he would hug them and whisper how horrible they are at life in their ears. <laughs> they knew that would happen, so they didn't want, they didn't want to be told how weak they are. He yeah. doesn't seem like a very hospitable person. <laughs> yeah um okay the camping thing definitely you yeah. can't camp there for Don't sure work. well and also ati at, at certain points she like literally touches the heads and like a bunch of the yeah also. yes i was yes. very worried about that I, I do have to say like when we went to hierapolis i don't remember the name of that place other than that but i remember In, uh Pamukkale. it's near Pamukkale. Like we walked on the graves and everything, and it was just like chill. Like nobody was there. <laughs> it was very chill. Yeah. It's like a, these ancient cities are a dime a dozen, truly, in Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many. Yeah. But I mean, Nemrut's def- definitely exceptional, and I'm pretty yeah. sure a park ranger would be up your ass if you yeah. did all the stuff they did. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that for sure. And just another shout out to when Ati is talking about that, of course only a man would think about making himself a deity and yes. building a whole yeah, thing. That, dope. that yeah. is very true. I'm very sorry if anyone does not agree. <laughs> You're probably but... a man. <laughs> Guys, yourself. let's not alienate half our listeners. No, I yeah, but I just mean, I think Ati is a badass and I like how yes. the show is kind of feminist. I th- it is feminist in a lot of ways, yeah. except for the mother, I guess. but yes i think those are my what well also what the fuck um sir um ozan pretending that he's covering his eyes in like a very awkward way when he's like totally not you know that scene was just dumb well i think i don't know i you had like a weird time watching that scene but like basically he was perving staring at her naked showering and then she caught him and then he like yep. pretended to be like, oh, no, oh, oh. but he also <laughs> seemed like very embarrassed. So I don't know. 
Ozan doesn't really know what's going on with Ozan, so Ozan <laughs> is just there, and other people have opinions. Yes, things happen at Ozan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and I will. I also have another what the fuck, but this is also for the writers. Why would they make the name of her love, her fiance, and her love interest so similar? I always get stuck when I'm recapping, and I always worry that I'm going to say the wrong name. Hmm. I um, also, yeah, in my notes, problems. I wrote down the wrong name. Foreigner problems. Yeah. Foreigner problems, man. Eski, what are your what the fucks? So I agree with everything that's been said. Um, I thought just like a script WTF for me was so they had that whole thing about, I think it was Adhan and Atia while camping talking about how there's no evidence of snakes ever having lived in Gobekli but there's all these like snake motifs in the stonework and then I was like but maybe it was a shooting star and then like a shooting star appears in the sky I was like, That's so <laughs> like uh, I missed that, that completely that would like never happen I've never in my entire life I've never tried granted to like see a shooting star but like I've never just like been hanging out and seen one like I feel like you have to like plan that shit kind of also they don't look like snakes right so yeah exactly 100 (laughs) percent. wandering into a tunnel just Mm -hmm. like with nothing Mm -hmm. uh, with something with someone who may or may not be a hallucination leading you just because your grandma exists doesn't mean star girl exists (laughs) atia get it together also yeah like i said earlier kind of wtf why is name relevance like at all like where are we just throwing in random archaeological sites at this point um and trying to <laughs> connect them all we're gonna go to some like corner of unexcavated istanbul at some point too. <laughs> like this too is also holy mustafa and mustafa the father and set up just like liking sadar ever like ever thinking he was trustworthy yeah that was like, dumb what? just like look at him um i think yeah that's pretty much all i had and then everything else oh also is zuka actually visually impaired because she got around on the mountain (laughs) you know she talks to her spirits she takes a lot of drugs and she just goes i guess (sighs) yeah that's her whole like blind magical person thing is a big wtf that we've discussed before yes if she yeah not not we don't really appreciate that uh bit of screenwriting um okay awesome so then Fatima's hit list I think we're getting a little redundant on this one but aside from Sardar who would you like to see on there motorcycle guy yeah yeah whoever that is yeah um set it up kind of I mean yeah we got her backstory but she still sucks yeah she sucks and uh John Sue and Ozan are are at the edge of a cliff here. I yeah. I, I feel sympathetic yeah. towards them, but objectively a pretty shitty thing to do. So Yeah. Feel bad for John Sue. So I don't want to like because her sister's missing and I feel like she's well not missing, but like does not want to be found. And she like I feel like she's fragile. Mm-hmm. Ozan well Ozan's also like clearly been abused his whole life yeah so, <laughs> they both yeah. they both you know they deserve some sympathy but also yeah. don't do that well we've got we've got our eyes on them yeah, yeah. they're on prob- they're on probation they're on probation <laughs> <Fantuma's Yeah>. probation <laughs> yes. 
Um, okay, and then Sultan of Success. Who the owner got? of the rest stop, man. That is a nice rest stop. Full service. Got your food, That's your, a good your delicious one. soup, and banging clothes. Like <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's Atier. She was like such a boss, and finally figured out that she didn't need to marry that guy just because everyone wanted her to. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw out um, Mustafa, Atier's dad, because. Mm-hmm. He's the only person at home who's genuinely concerned about her and wants yep. to find her for her own good. That's yep, that's a good one. I feel like Atia is just like a gimme. I think we need to give uh, Mustafa. I mean, who knows how many good days he's gonna have? Oh no, no. I mean, I don't actually. I'm not, <laughs> that's not a spoiler. I, I'm just saying. Like, I don't think side characters are as likely to have their moments in yes. the sun, whereas yes. Atia will constantly have them because it's the show is literally named at you are you okay with that Sophia yes all right well congratulations to our sultan of success Mustafa Sardar you're on Fatma's hit list so watch the fuck out and (laughs) thank you all so much for listening we will be talking to you guys next time about episode five which I think is the second to last episode in this season which is pretty exciting there's eight there's eight there's eight oh never mind ignore me we're halfway there's nothing to be excited about people (laughs) but we're excited to see what happens and thank you all again for listening we will talk to you guys next time